0: Previously, on The Tony Kornheiser Show. I have sent in the person who manages the house, who's run every single faucet. There are no leaks. Yesterday, we sent in a plumbing company. They ran every single faucet. There are no leaks. There are no leaks. I mean, how do you get $1,070 for a bill? Do you have a cat? I don't have a cat. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen seen (laughs) a YouTube video. The Tony Kornheiser
1: Show is on
0: now. Okay, so I think we have to lead with the almost full moon last night, because tonight will be a full moon, and in Washington, D.C., it will be rainy and cloudy, and you're not going to be able to see the moon. So when I got back from walking the dog last night around 7 o'clock, I sent Michael a text. Michael, I'm sure you have that text. I have the text pulled up. Go ahead
2: take the 6:50 in the evening. Take those boys out right now. Look in the southeastern sky for an almost full moon exclamation point. Can't see it to now the M is capitalized so I assume it's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Rain at night. And what did you do? So immediately, I take the boys outside the hammer's in my jacket. Walker's excited. He's marching us towards, and he knows, he knows we have to go to the little cutout alley a few doors down so we can sneak see the into moon. the angle that lets us see that southeastern sky. And he's, he's looking for it. Henry's just going, mama, mama the <laughs> entire time, which I'm thinking about as we talk about the power of Luna and, and the connection yes, yes. to the moon and to the-
0: The moon is feminine.
2: Yes, and yes. To, and to mama inside. And Walker's <laughs> description of the moon, as we see it, he starts looking at the stars. He goes, yeah, the stars. It looks like they're going to go out and have a party, mm. and then as we as we head twinkle. back, as we head back, he goes, "You know, the stars and the moon—they're actually afraid of people. That's why they hide behind the house." But and we get a, we get inside, and, and Liz goes, "How's the moon?" He's very excited. He goes, "The circle moon? Yes, the circle moon.
0: It was glowing <laughs> like a jellyfish. Isn't that wonderful?" So <laughs> I want you. You know, now if down the road, if well after I'm gone, they become cultists, that's bad, and I apologize in advance. Well <laughs>
2: so the hammer's halfway there. You he, know. Then, he then proceeds to the oh. to the western facing window, climbs up on a couch, that's a whole nother conversation, just starts chanting Moon, moon,
0: so moon. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So that was so if you if you are in elsewhere in the United States or anywhere around the world, I wish you a clear night so that you can see the full moon tonight. I need to I need to come back to Brian Ricca from Williston, Vermont. I read his email about the water bill the other day, but I left this out and I need to say it. This is Brian writing, finally, in homage to the spiderweb effect that you have by spreading the gospel of Tony. And parenthetically, he adds, clearly I am from the other side of the street, as you religiously. I proudly share that I grew the number of Vermont littles by one this past January. My oldest child, a masculine child, was discussing the fact that he listens to this podcast with me with one of his friends. About a week later, that friend piped up about how much he now loves the show. He picked right up at the end of January and has been listening consistently since. The young man's dad is the CFO of the Burlington YMCA, and it is the same YMCA that sponsors the summer camps at Camp Abnaki, the same Camp Abnaki that was once attended by your nemesis mike from burke virginia it's an amazing (laughs) circle isn't it it's just it's just an amazing circle so i wanted to do that also um let me get to another thing we had an open on pti uh i don't know two days ago it was national bartender's day or national cocktail day or something like that and Wilbon, you know he read his part i read my part about a you know, I talked about a cocktail with Metamucil and, you know, just obviously to clean out your entire system. And Wilbon said, oh, you know, you everybody knows because you keep saying all the time that the only thing I ever drink is Kir Royale. So every time I sit in a restaurant, somebody brings me a Kir Royale. And I said, that's great. And I said, you know what? I've been drinking lately. I've been drinking a couple of bourbons, Angel's Envy and Woodford um, Wood- Woodford Reserve. yes. Here's Mike what from I, Burke, Virginia approved. Okay. Here's what I get from Chris Pointer, Public Relations, Woodford Reserve. We're listening to your show yesterday. We were so pleased to hear you enjoy Woodward, Preserve, Woodward Reserve. Master distiller Chris Morris would like to send you some special bottles from our collection. What is your address? We'd love to show you our historic distillery. If you're ever in Kentucky, just reach out to me. And in fact, three bottles of Woodward Reserve came. One, the normal one, and two, the double oak barreled ones opened one last night it was delicious and i then find out i think that's when i got the moon text yeah then i no no no, that was i drank (laughs) after uh no actually i did drink before and then i found out that angel's envy as well wants to send me a bottle but that's so weird because it came through david israel apparently the guy who owns angel's envy called david to find out what my address was it was just very very weird to me anyway anyway those things have happened and those are those are good and it always reminds me what Steve Young told me and where he gets on the phone with somebody and he says, send me a big box of that. So people are doing that. I wanted, I wanted to get to two other things. Two other things. Um, well, three actually. George Malay sent me a beautiful, beautiful watercolor that we are going to have framed And when we have it framed, we'll put it up behind me for a week on PTI if I'm still in the attic, and I suspect I will be, and then take it out to the beach house. So thank you to George. And he also sent a beautiful note card with a picture of Chessie that he painted, which I have already put in a frame because it was so beautiful. Very, very nice. That's one. Two is late fees. This is something, again, in my attempt to reach out to those people who listen and say to you that regardless of my job, I go through the same things you do. I had this incident with American Express. This is the third time in two or three months that my checks have arrived late. And I have been, because I go over the bill that I get, I go over it with a fine tooth comb, I saw that there were not only late charges, there were interest fees, totaling about 40, $45. Maybe close to $50. You're you're about to
2: start losing some purchase power.
0: And I was very, very angry about this. So I called American Express and I said, look at my record. I've been a member here for close to 50 years. Look at my record. I pay all the time and I pay in full. I never do carry. Never. I always pay in full. And they said, yes, you do. And I said, I don't want this late charge. They said, well, we got your thing late. I said, you got my thing late because the United States Postal Service, which for 100 years was the greatest bargain in the history of the world, You put a stamp on a letter in two to three days, it got where it was supposed to go. But because of the pandemic and because of the guy who's running the USPS right now, who believes that he should delay mail because that makes it more profitable, which I don't understand. Because of that, everything is arriving late. Everything. If you buy something online, they say because of the pandemic, we can't guarantee that it'll arrive with the usual haste. So if everything is arriving late, then please be a little bit more considerate. I had this happen with Comcast. I had this happen with, I think, a Washington gas bill. And I called up and I was able to to convince them to just look at my past record and they waived the late fees. So they agreed to waive the late fees, but they said, why don't you pay now? And I said, well, I was going to write you a check. And they said, well, no, why don't you pay now over the phone? I said, well, how do you do that? And of course, I had somebody who wasn't even in the United States, but she was very lovely. And she said, you give us your check number, your routing number, and your check number, and we deduct it automatically. I go, I I don't know about that. I'm not sure about that. It seems to me that if I do that, you're going to have information on me that I don't want you to have. And, And I said, is this phone call recorded? And she said, everything is recorded. I said, good. Then I'm stating my concern about that. And she said, well, I will tell you this because we say this to all our customers. You have to tell us if you want us to do this. We will not do this unless you tell us that you want to pay by phone. I said, okay, so I paid by phone and they deducted it right away. Now this has made me very nervous. I don't want that to be the rest of my life. I like to write checks. I like to send checks. I like to do the deductions. I like to believe that I'm in control of the amount of money that I have for discretionary play. Now, they would say, well, you are in control, you moron. You're telling us what to do. Now, have you been to the bank you to know? physically check on your account? No, the banks, because you can't even go to the banks. You can't do anything anymore. Well, every- who knows what the bank's doing with your money? Well, this is what I don't know. I, I, I don't know any of it. So I did that. And I'm now, you don't, even, you don't check your bills like I do. You don't go over them like I, I do.
2: I check the Amex bill, but we have it set up where I know on a certain day of every month, that's when the Amex bills do, because then I will look through what's been going through. And they give you great graphs as to where you're spending your money if you want to try and graphs. see where you're, where you're, where you're
1: actually spending. I want a spending. piece of paper.
2: I want a, well, them to send me paper. You could get this as a piece of paper as well. We chose to go digital. So yep. it happened one time where young kids because we were traveling or something, whatever it was, you have to have it in by a certain time and maybe it's like central time. And I think I missed it by a small number. And did you get charged a late fee? I think because of my, my, my paying habits, I think they waived it eventually. Well, this is
0: what, what I said. I called them right up. And I said, look, please ch- check me all these years. I don't do this. And they said, okay. And by the way, I think if you call up and scream, they, they just don't care about late fees anymore um, or anything like that. They would
2: cancel any, any charge that you say. You know what? I'm not sure about this. Well, they go, don't worry about it. We, we, we got to take care. Yeah,
0: so, uh, so I've always liked American Express for that because I think their customer service do is you st- very do good. Do you still remember my member since date? No, what is it? So they made a mistake, I think, when I
2: registered my card. My member my since date is 1986. Well, that's the when year you were I was born. Though
0: you were born, you became so, a member so quickly. Wow. So
2: I, I just got my congrats on 35
0: years. Thank you for your loyalty. Oh, isn't that great? Yeah. Oh, good for you. So they were, they were nice. But, you know, I, I, I think my advice to everybody is please check your bills. Please check to see that everything is a legitimate charge. And if it is fine. And if it isn't, you know, take the time to wait on the phone, scream representative 10 or 12 times until you finally get one. And then most of the time, most of the time people are cooperative i wanted to tell one other small story and we'll get out of here i called peter asher finally after weeks and weeks (laughs) i called peter asher i worked up the nerve to call him and he took the phone call and he by this time had known um you know that i had a podcast because it had been played for him and he knew that i was on sports, but he's not a sports guy and i asked him.
3: I was going to say he, he knows that you're not a rumdum, right? Was I'm not a
0: rumdum. He knows I'm not a rumdum. <laughs> so, um, and I was embarrassed about making the call. And it's the first and last. I'm not going to do it again. But, you know, although he did say at the end, if you're in Los Angeles, give me a call. I said, okay. yes, we'll go to Bel Air. I'll play and you can walk beside me. And he, and he told me he'd been to one golf course in his life, one, and he didn't even play, but he went to it, St. Andrews. Yep. So that yeah, yeah. that, of course, makes all the <laughs> Where'd sense. Where'd you take the call in the house? You know, <laughs> Where'd you take the call? Were you standing up, sitting down? I was sitting down in the living room. I was very nervous. I was pacing for a little while, and I took and then I called him. And I asked him that question about genius, whether he recognized right away that Paul and John were geniuses, or whether it was separate or together. And he said, no, that's cumulative. That comes after a long period of time where you realize you with somebody special. And then I asked the question about, writing songs because he had written a couple of songs and he, he doesn't say he, he said he he wasn't a very good songwriter He's a much better producer and a performer. But he said, um, he, I I said, I've been watching this movie rocket man in and out with Elton John. And it just, you know, you always hear that people write these songs in 10 minutes and then, you know, you see Elton John and Bernie Taupin hands him the lyrics and he sits down at the piano. It can't be like that, right? It can't be like that. And he said, no, it is just like that. (laughs) He said, I know Elton. Well, I've seen Elton receive the lyrics. Elton sits down at the piano, and it is as if he is reading the sheet music. That's how quickly wow. he puts the melody down. That's how quickly it works. And, and he said, and I'll tell you the story about Paul. Yesterday, came to him in a dream. Yeah. He woke up, he had the song. It came to him in a dream. So we chatted a little bit more, and I said, you're, you're not a sports guy, right? And he goes, no, really, I'm not. I don't have anything to do with sports. But there was a recent anniversary that I heard about, and it, it reminded me, and one of the only sporting events I've went to in my life, and this is Peter Asher talking, one of the only sporting events I've, I've went to in my life was the Muhammad Ali-Joe Frazier fight in Madison Square Garden. I went, what?! What <laughs> what? I mean that's like one of the five most famous fights of all time. I yeah, said you were choosing one. You were there when when Ali went down in the fourteenth round when Frazier knocked him down, he says, Yeah, I was sitting next to James Taylor. We were in the front row. I go, How how did that happen? He Says, Yeah, we were next to Frank Sinatra. I said, how did that happen? And he said, Well, I had booked James to do a concert that night in Madison Square Garden. And they called, and they said, we need the garden. What do you want? And he said, ah, can we get tickets to the fight? And they put him in the front row for Ali Frazier one. And I just said, wow, wow. So we'll take a break. Barry's Verluga will be with us when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the butcher box ad. I go through this all the time. I don't read the ad full because I buy this stuff. I buy it every single month. I get wild caught Alaskan salmon, I get a couple of steaks, I get some hamburgers, I get some chicken, chicken thighs which I like, I get a whole chicken, I get pork chops. I get these things. I buy it. I've bought it for close to a year. I'm going to continue to buy it. It's really good butcher box believes everyone deserves high quality humanely sourced meat and it couldn't be easier just sign up select your box and they ship it right to your door every month and when you sign up now and this is the part i add parenthetically gives me great anger and envy and when you sign up now you get two new york strip steaks and one pack of bacon for free who doesn't love free steak night well i love it i should get free steak night because i'm buying this stuff every single month (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Every month, Butcher Box ships a curated selection of high-quality meat right to my home. No added antibiotics or hormones ever. Each box has 9 to 11 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individual meals. Packed fresh and shipped frozen and vacuum-sealed so it stays that way. It's the best meat shipped right to my door, which means one less trip to the grocers. Options like 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage pork, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and sugar-nitrate-free bacon. I <sighs> wish I had that. For a limited time. ButcherBox is offering new members, just new members. Damn it. Two new, two New York strip steaks and one pack of bacon for free in your first box. Just go to butcherbox.com slash cadence. See, they don't even care if I recommend you. They're just going for the company. That's butcherbox.com slash cadence, C-A-D-E-N-C-E, to get two New York strip steaks and one pack of bacon for free in your first box.
3: This is the tony, kornheiser show. the tony kornheiser show
0: this is ian warrington and ian, ian warrington also has the clothes on the show today so we got a double dose of ian's music he's a doctor he's fabulous at these instruments and he's a doctor well i guess you got to use instruments to be a doctor too But I wouldn't want him to operate on me and be (laughs) playing the cello. I've attached a song from my new album, which will be up on Spotify, Apple Music, and other streaming platforms on Monday, March 1st. The style of music is similar to my first album, which I shared in October. All instrumental, mostly traditional Scottish and Irish tunes, with a few original tunes as well. The attached song, October Waltz, is one of those original compositions arranged with several fiddle parts, guitar, piano, and cello. As with my first song collection in socially distant fashion, it's an ensemble of one. I played the various parts separately and combined them. It's brilliant. Michael, if people like Ian Warrington want to send in their original music, how do they do it?
2: Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyKornheiserShow.com. And Rob Colpian has big news. We have a new Socially Distant Uncle Benny's Table
0: t-shirt available at com. Well, that would be great. Yeah. That would be great. Barry's Verluga joins us now. There's a million things to talk about. <coughs> Excuse me. The first thing I wanted to talk about, though, was sort of on a personal level with you. Not my personal level, your personal level. You're a Duke grad. What is it like watching Duke this year? Because, I mean, there, there's only been one year in the last 30, right? Only one year in the last 30 where they had a bad record. This year's record is better than that. But the year that, that Mike got hurt, like he had, a, he had some sort of back issues and couldn't coach. Am I right on that?
4: That's right. That was 95, 96. right. So, I mean, it, it's different than that. First of all, I'm, I'm you know, then I was kind of really just right out of college and very, very invested in, like, rooting for Duke. And it's so many years later, and I've covered North Carolina and Maryland and kind of distanced myself from, <clears throat> from having a rooting interest. But I would say it's also different because college basketball is different. And at that point, you still had um, players that had a career arc that was, you know, at Duke it was four years invariably, and, and in college basketball it was almost always, you know, at least three, and, and sometimes right. maybe two. But but the program felt like it was crumbling because they had had the back to back national championships, and they had been to all these Final Fours, and then all of a sudden it was like um, it felt like you know deterioration in a way that I don't think people can't get as invested in a program like Duke or Kentucky, or I shouldn't say the program, in the players at Duke and Kentucky, because their their career arcs are now 30 years, the uh, 30 games and not 130 games. So, you know, it, it, this year is weird. And one of their players opted out uh, midstream. Jalen Johnson,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah,
4: and he's, it's, it's odd because a game at Cameron Indoor Stadium doesn't feel like a game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. But it's also like this program has, for the better part of a decade now, lived on a year-to-year basis. So if this is a bad year under strange circumstances, the feeling is like, well, you just, you know, you bring in the next Fab Five and try again next year. So it's it's just a different, um, it's just a different point in in the program's evolution and a different point in the in the sports evolution.
0: Shushevsky uh, and Calipari have been have been undone, it seems to me by the one and done rule. I mean, I, I, I think when you look at, at Kentucky in particular, cause they're way under 500, they capsize this year, but Duke as well. Um, it, it just argues against this rule. It argues for the baseball system. Let, let people go to the NBA out of high school, let them go. That's their choice. Let them go. And if they go to college, let them stay longer than a year. Am I right on this?
4: Oh, a thousand percent. I mean, the, the, The college game has suffered at the NBA's hands. Um, The NBA didn't didn't want, uh, you know, what they would, I guess, say, immature physically and emotionally kids, um, you know, traveling, getting multimillion dollar contracts and traveling all over the place so that they make them indentured servants for a year. No, no wages. Um, no intention to, you know, don't don't give me that. Well, they're getting a college scholarship. Well, no, they're, they're going not. to college for no. a year. Like, who cares? They're not even no.
0: going to college. They're going right. to practice. They're not going yeah. to college.
4: So, so it's a silly rule that has kind of gutted the college game. Um, and you know, I don't begrudge Shashevsky from for um, you know, kind of shifting his focus and saying, yeah, I'll take Zion Williamson, and I know I'm only going to have a year, and I'm going to change how I kind of. Fit my style to what the modern game is. That's fine. We all we all need to um, evolve and, and adapt. But I think, and he he knows, like he he believes there should be a college basketball commissioner and uh, somebody who is sticking up for the college game as a as a product. Um, it's it's been devastated over the course of the last fifteen years. The one and done rule is the main reason. And you know, it's it's not college basketball doesn't have to be about seeing the best athletic performance, like the highest level athletic performance. It's got to be a competitive team game in which, you know, those arenas are filled with all these people wearing the exact same hue of whatever color it is. And they are, they have invested their whole life in an 81 to 80 game with out, you know, the 10, um, best high school players in the country that's fine that would be fine
0: i agree with that i I mean i grew up when when college basketball you stayed four years you know guys were on television so much i tell the story nobody remembers who chris corciani is but he was a guard at north carolina state and i knew when he got a haircut because he was there on tv all the time for four years and it's with it's Rodney
4: Monroe, the same thing. Yeah. I mean, it is yeah,
0: it's not as good. It's not as good now, and it's been ruined by the NBA, and Wilbon always defends the NBA. There's no defense for this one and done. There's none. It's awful. Let me shift gears. The Nats have gone to spring training, which is so welcome for many of us who care about this. Your thoughts on the Nats? Who are their pitchers? And look at the NL East. Wow, it's, it's like it's a grinder. I mean, it really is. So
4: I mean I'd start there because it's really there are six divisions in Major League Baseball and only one has five teams that are actually trying to win this year and that is uh, yeah. that is the NL East and and so that's a, a statement about tanking in Major League Baseball and we could argue about that but the the fact of the matter is um, I went back and looked the Nationals have been in the playoffs uh, five times since 2012 in each of those instances they went either 13 and 6, 14 and 5, or 15 and 4 against at least one and at least opponent, which tells you a path to the postseason is beat up on the weaklings in your own division. Um, and that's a really good basis for a good season. That's going to be very difficult to do in a National League East in which everybody is trying this year. The Mets are legions better. The Braves are at least as good as they were last year. The Marlins made the playoffs um, and the Phillies re-signed their star catcher, and their shortstop. So um, that's a starting point. The worry I have about the Nats is they still are built on starting pitching, as they always have been during this run under Mike Rizzo. Um, They're still built that way, but I think before the season starts and before they say a game, this is a little bit dangerous to say, but I think they might have their worst defensive team in in a while. So that kind of marriage between – okay, starting pitching in our stre- is our strength and we're trying to prevent runs, it doesn't really match up with like a, a defense that is, if you look around the eight positions, I think you maybe have one or two where you would consider them a, a plus defenders, Trey Turner and Victor Robles, if he gets himself back together. Um, and then you have a lot of spots where they're quite minus at uh, defense left field with Kyle Schwarber, who's new, and Josh Bell at first base. Um, Who's who's going to be a fun hitter and a fun personality, but he's not a good first baseman. And Juan Soto goes to right, so and that's that's different than where he's played in the big leagues. So that that's my kind of overall concern. I think they're going to be fun. I think they're going to be interesting. I think last year doesn't um, you know the sixty game uh, tied for last finish last year. They they just flush that and, and start over. Um, and then I'd say you know they have if they're going to be good. Steven Strasburg has to be good. So that's that's the other major question going in.
0: It's really, the division is really loaded. It's really loaded. And um, I, I think it'll be great fun to watch. I could see the Nats finishing anywhere in it. You know, exactly. I, I could actually see anyone. I, I don't know that the Marlins can win it, but I can see four teams winning it. And I could see the Marlins finishing third. So uh, I just don't absolutely. know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's
4: what and to, I'm excited for, you know, Baseball is meant to be played over six months and 162 games, and so well, I was happy they got back on the field last year, and they, they, you know, mm-hmm. and a legitimate champion because the Dodgers are so good. Was yes, found. they're great. Yes, but this, this is, um, this feels like real again. Um, even if it won't be 40,000 people in the stands on, on opening day, it feels like um, what's about to happen will be legitimate, and we'll know, uh, and the NL will be by far the, the most fun division.
0: Let's go to Tiger um, and what has happened with Tiger and your thoughts. I mean, to be fair, I, I'm, I really don't want to be, and I'm not saying you would do this, but other people have written this or said this. I don't want to be lectured about not considering whether Tiger would ever play again and being told you should only care that Tiger is alive. Of course yeah. we care that Tiger is alive. Of course, that is the first question you ask, is he alive? But after that, get off me about what I can think about and what I can't think about. And it's not so much, you know, is he going to win Augusta again? Or, But it is, do you think he would ever play again? I mean, because he's, his star, he is at times star-crossed. But when he is not star-crossed, he was the greatest star for 10 years in the history of that sport. And he brought in people, and you can see it now with the younger players, with the the Shambos and the McElroys and the Thomas. Turners, the Thomases, you can see how they talk about him. They revere him. So I wonder in full, cause I know you wrote about it, what your thoughts are.
4: Well, I think a couple of things. One in, in assessing whether he could come back from this. I mean, uh, even as he gets into his late forties and, and approaches fifties, you know, we've learned not to put limits uh, on this guy. Um, not just because he won a U.S. Open on a shredded knee and a a broken leg, um, but because after he didn't play in a major championship for for the entirety of 2016 and 2017, and he couldn't at times get out of bed because his back was so bad, he, he rebuilt himself in his early 40s and got his body in position where he could almost will himself to a 15th major championship at the masters. I mean, you can't, the car wreck is awful and visually it's terrible. His back was debilitating. And, and so to come back from that, and you know, I just would be wary of putting limits on what he might do going forward, even if the situation um, looks dire. I do think that for the last quarter century, Um, and I wrote this the other day, that that golf has existed in a kind of a binary world. Like your tournament either had Tiger or it did not have Tiger, and every single other element flowed from there. Your TV ratings, your galleries, um, your buzz, you know, all all of it was the question of is Tiger playing or not. And that was true for major championships. The the sport as a whole is getting closer to the point where – whether Tiger comes back from the accident or not, that question isn't going to be, at some point it's not, he's not going to be the threat anymore. He'll still be the draw if he shows up, but it it will change. And I think golf as a whole will be at an interesting uh, point because as much as you and I love it, Tony, and and we're familiar with, you know, the Kepkos and the McElroys and the Thomases and and even go on down the list. Like Max Homas' win last week was fun. No one knows who Max Homa is. If, if Tiger's in the field, it is a it has been a a sport that can lead Sports Center at any point. If he's not in the field, uh, it becomes much closer to a niche um, sport. And and I think that you know it'll be interesting to see how it is perceived going forward as we're closer to a, a Tigerless world.
0: Somebody said the other day on TV, and I don't know who, that Tiger wants to compete in the U.S. Senior Open. Because if he wins that, he would be the only person ever to have won every available, you know, U.S.G.A. event. And that's intriguing to me because I would have been one of those who said, oh, he'll never, ever play in the senior field or anything like that. But what do you make of that?
4: Well, I think that's interesting, too. I mean, Phil has given us a little preview um of that kind of thing, you know, as he's taken to these, you know, confidence building, um, trips on the, on the senior tour, I wouldn't have guessed that, that Phil Mickelson would have, would have crossed over and played. Me too.
0: Um, I wouldn't have thought. You know? No.
4: And, and he yeah. looks like he's having fun. he like, he, you know, his first start, he, he killed everybody and, and Tiger said, well, he should kill everybody because he's competitive out here with the, with the younger guys. Um, so I, you know, that one Tiger cares about those, uh, you know, what you would consider a minor record like that, that checking all those boxes at the USGA that that kind of it reminds us how long he's been in the kind of public eye and, and everybody points to the 1997 um, Masters as his kind of coming out uh, party that that's not the case. I mean, his professional debut in Milwaukee was a giant giant event and you know it was preceded by the nike rollout and all that because he had won three straight um us and everybody knew he had gone to um to stanford and he was he was a big 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 deal prior to the 97 oh he
0: was lebron he was lebron in high school like everybody knew who he was and they were waiting for him absolutely
4: sure and so So then, you know, I can see him wanting to put off these like finishing flourishes that maybe other people don't think of, but like check some boxes for him. Um, So I think the would you know, ten years ago, would if you had said like, well, you think Tiger will ever play a senior event? No, he's too proud. He would never do that. You know, but I can see after everything he's been through, and also just you know, whatever the level of competition is, these guys. They like competition. I mean, um, and if you're in the moment, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be beating Brooks Kepka and Rory McElroy. I can see a situation where he gets kind of jacked beating um, the, the best 50 and over players.
0: And I will just I'll just say this in passing that uh, we have seen this in, in the Washington, D.C. area. We have seen this with Alex Smith. It is incredible. Nobody in his right mind thought that Alex Smith would play in the NFL again and take any kind of punishment whatsoever. And we have seen him do this. And last year, in the six games he started, the Washington team was 5-1. Whether you thought he was a great quarterback or not, it is a miracle that he's done this. And it is conceivable uh, based on that, because that is what is in our vision locally, it is conceivable to all of us here that maybe Tiger Woods, not this year, maybe not even next year, but someday would come back to play. Right? Don't. That's why I believe that because yeah. I saw it with Alex Smith. I and did. Alex
4: Smith, Alex Smith plays football, not golf. and yeah. I'm not one of those people who thinks I think golf is a sport. It's an athletic pursuit, but it's not. You know carrying Aaron Donald on your back. <laughs> Not,
0: nobody's playing stage. defense. Nobody's yeah. trying to hit you. You
4: know, exactly. nobody's trying to... So, right. and also, yeah, I mean, just one thing about Alex Smith, like, his his leg got infected. That's the thing that you have to watch yes. about Tiger. Like, no infections, please.
0: Yes. Barry, thank you so much. Talk to you soon, I hope. It's been too long. <laughs> Thanks, Barry.
4: Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it.
0: Barry Reluga, boys and girls. We will take a break. We will come back with news. Uh, Tori will join us and Gary will join us. I am Tony Kornheiser.
3: You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser show. We have
0: a new sponsor of the show, Michelob ultra. So I'd like to celebrate their joining us. You know, beer is synonymous with celebrating after a big win. It goes hand in hand with the joy that athletes experience from victory. Because of that, there is a perception that happiness and beer only come at the end of a journey, only come after the grind, after the hard work, after the win. Michelob is setting out to dismantle that perception By partnering with some of the greatest athletes and proven winners of all time, they are demonstrating that happiness comes before the victory and that joy is a crucial ingredient on the road to success. Even the greatest athletes in the world choose to take time off the court or field to unplug, to have a beer with friends, and find balance. Michelob is not discounting the hard work and commitment that it takes to become a world-class athlete and win championships, but they firmly believe that enjoyment and balance are crucial components of the winning formula. It's not just about professional athletes. Everyone out there should know that they can and should enjoy themselves on the road to success in life and that they should permit themselves to have fun, smile more, and have a beer with friends. Like having a Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. You're You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. These are the Dropkick Murphys, Nigel's favorite band. This is sent to us by Dennis Brennan, who writes, I've been dying to send this to you. This could be the new intro song for a TK salute. It's called, appropriately enough, Middle Finger. It was released earlier this week. The full album called Turn Up That Dial will come out in April, but they released this song as a single in anticipation of their virtual St. Patty's Day concert. Enjoy. The Dropkick Murphys with Middle Finger. And they play in the news segment, and the news segment is going to have Gary and Tori. And we're going to get to news eventually, but the greater news among the family of people who care about this show is that Tory Clark had or has, you'll have to correct me on the tense, the coronavirus. How did you get it? What is the effect? When are you done with it?
5: Well, there are several people I'd like to blame, but I think it's just because I don't <laughs> like those people. I right. think they really probably infected me. Now, it's, it's been a couple of weeks now, um, and let me start and finish this conversation so no one trashes us. I've been very, very lucky. Um, right. Very few symptoms. But a couple of weeks ago, I got contact traced and by Maryland Department of Health, which seems very efficient about at least determining who has COVID. I don't know about how they're doing on vaccines, but determining who has COVID, they seem pretty good. And so I got tested, and I was positive, positive. I went, oh, pff, of course not. So I dropped <laughs> down right. the street and got tested again, and it's like, yeah, you got COVID. Uh, but I've been very lucky, no fever, no symptoms other than I lost my sense of smell, which is so strange. I went so, to the, the cabinet to get had... some cinnamon or something, and like, right. you know, just how long has this been in here kind of thing, and I thought, oh, that doesn't smell like anything, and... Then I grabbed nutmeg, and I couldn't smell that. And then I grabbed cloves and went, wow, gone.
0: How about your sense of taste? People say that the smell and taste go together. Do you have a sense of taste or no?
5: Absolutely. And based on what I've been eating for the last two weeks, I didn't lose my appetite either.
0: Well, that's good because there are a lot of people who have a carryover effect, and they don't get back their sense of taste or smell for maybe months. Maybe they never get it back. I don't know.
5: Or their lives. I, mean, I Well, I just, I, I you
1: know, understand. Not
5: have gotten it, but a lot of people, and we know about long haulers. I know somebody who's a long hauler who's going to have symptoms for has had symptoms for a long time. So, all things considered, pretty lucky.
6: Tori, did you did you by the time you lost your sense of smell, you you had already received your positive test, I presume, right? Yes. Yeah, so you think it's okay. like a somatic, Gary? No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. <laughs> otherwise i would have thought you know you would lose your sense of smell and go oh my god that's not good like you would know yeah. what that would mean i would think like yeah that some...
5: seems to it seems to be pretty common you know those of us yeah. in the COVID community who talk because <laughs> no one else will talk to us um, it seems, to be, it seems S- to be quite common
0: does brian have it
5: past tense he,
0: he had, had it, it. Yeah, okay
5: weeks ago, and two weeks ago yeah
0: well, look, uh, we know people obviously close to us who have gone through this and had it and now are uh, filled with antibodies. Will you, have to, will you have to get vaccinated at some point or will these antibodies just carry you through?
5: Well, let's talk about a TK family special. I'm happy to sell my plasma for the right price. <laughs> anybody who wants to buy anybody. I don't know if there's a... Sean, know, can you spin some plasma there? up there for us? Right. Is there a, a code involved or something like that? I'll do that. Uh, hmm. But that's a good question. I don't know. But, you know, I was 265 millionth in the order for getting the vaccine anyhow. So I haven't right. had my
6: hopes right. on that yeah. in that for a
5: while. I'm old, right. but not old enough.
6: I think, yeah. Tony, not a doctor, but I, I do think... No, once you're ninety days clear, um, you're, you're considered theoretically capable of getting it again. Or at least, depending really? on really, so yeah. So at that point, they would want you vaccinated.
0: Well, it does certainly look with the Johnson and Johnson vaccine coming out. It does certainly look that there will be enough vaccine. It would seem to me by May or June to get everybody who wants it. Right? Doesn't it seem that way?
6: It, it sounds yeah. like there will be enough. Yes. Now, their yeah. ability to get it in arms is a different, different deal, I guess. So, well, Tori, have you standpoint.
0: been? Yeah. Have you been told uh, to have a certain type of behavior, or is there something you're doing that's different than you did before? Now, no,
5: wearing wearing masks, washing my hands, socially distancing, doing the exact same thing. Because who okay. knows? I mean, there's all the stuff that we hear when we read. But in terms of medicine and in terms of really understanding these viruses, I think it's virus plural now, right? I think it'll take years before they really know. So, no, still doing the same thing. Plus, I've kind of, you know, as we said before, there have been, it's been awful in many, many ways. But there have been some things like spending time with our family that we haven't done before that I haven't resented.
0: Was there any one thing you did that you think was wrong and put you in jeopardy, or is it just, you know, this is the luck of the draw? Licking
6: toilet seats or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> Something yeah. like that.
3: Should I not you know. be doing that?
1: Yeah.
5: That's <laughs> only a New Year's, Gary. Stop. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, no, but here's what, okay, here's what I have learned. Now, I, I, you know, nobody's perfect, and we're certainly not perfect, but I was, I was right. generally pretty careful. But I, you know, we are very fortunate. We've got this crazy little place in Sperryville, And so as soon as I tested positive, literally threw random stuff in my car and drove out there to quarantine yeah. Yeah. and really quarantined. Now, I could talk to people on the phone, but I realized after about day five, I am not a good hermit. I found myself on a regular basis talking to the bird out back. Not birds, the bird that seemed to be there every day, to the possum
0: keeping his eye on down you down
5: the hill, right? Keeping his eye on me. And then Alexa and I took our relationship to a whole new <laughs> level. And I think this is not healthy.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's probably not. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, we're we're happy we're happy that you are Thank you. most of the way through it and we're yeah. certainly relieved that it was not Severe on any level, which doesn't
3: mean it wouldn't be for somebody else, obviously.
0: Right. But we right. Right.
3: good for
1: you. Thank All you. right, Nigel, thank what do you, you got?
3: Asking. Okay. Uh, thank you, Mr. Tony. We will start off with the tournament. No, I'm not talking about the NCAA tournament. I'm talking about the America East tournament, which begins. Yeah. Tomorrow
0: and Tom Moore from Binghamton sent me a note the other day. We're, we play Hartford in the first round. That's I not think the they're the four C.
6: That's not the former OC from the Colts, Tom Moore. No, no, that? no, okay. no,
3: not that <laughs> Tom Moore. No, different Tom. Moore.
0: Right.
6: Yes, yeah. you
3: play the number four seed in the Hartford pod. Hartford. uh You yep. uh it'll tip off at two p.m. tomorrow. I'm assuming Good. that's going to be on the mothership. ESPN will be carrying that. Cover to cover. I, I
0: can't imagine what else they would put on, but Binghamton Hartford. Can't <laughs> right. imagine. So yeah, Tony, now,
6: I've I've I pulled up this bracket because we were trying to figure out how it works since there are nine teams playing in this thing and your game is not a play in. So right. the, the, the bracket's Main, actually interesting. It's just buys. Y- it's just you, the your buys. winner, your winner of four nine will right. then play the winner of five eight, which is Albany NJIT, and then that winner trade school plays yeah. Vermont. <laughs> And then yeah. and then right. would go to the final. But you got to well, you know Vermont, you, you could Vermont, win two. So. And then up top it's 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 uh, UMass and Stony Brook six seven. The winner plays three, who has a bye, and the winner of that plays UMBC. So UMBC and Which Vermont also has both bye. have two buys, double yeah. buys. Yeah. They, yeah. they double, double buys. So buy, so buy into the study. <clears> so and we don't
2: at, get Stony Brook till the finals.
0: <clears No>. Correct. <laughs> yeah, we're, right.
3: we're going to cruise. I like us. I like well, us this time. I would point out that nobody is hotter. Then the Colonials right now, I'm sorry, the Bearcats right now uh, Bearcats. going going in on a two game win streak. That's right. They <laughs> swept that trade school last weekend. Yeah. Won both we, their matches. We win. got their so, number. We got right, their number. It's not yeah. how you start the season. It's how you finish. You want to be hot yeah. going into the tournament. And right now, everybody is sweating that they might have to play. Bingham well, if you team. want
6: to play ball in March, you're going to need to win, two because the quarters <laughs> are on the on the 28th. Yeah.
3: All right, we'll do it. Yeah. All right. What um, else? This a shocking story coming out of Los Angeles. Uh, Lady Gaga is uh, owns is three three French bulldogs, and she's got a long time friend and along who's walked her dogs for a long time as well. Uh, Ryan Fisher. Now he was walking the dogs at around seven thirty, I believe, um, on Wednesday night. Lady Gaga is over in Italy filming a film, uh, I think called Gucci or something like that. There is video. Of a white four-door they sedan. shot pull,
0: this guy.
3: Yeah. Him, I'm sorry. It was 930 at night. They say they try to take the dogs from give it up, yelled one of the two men who hopped out of the car and jumped the dog walker. No. Help me, screamed Fisher, as he wrestled for control of the dogs with the men. When Fisher refused to let go of the dogs, one they of his shot attackers- Shot him. Yeah. Raised a semi-automatic Three handgun. Three times. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Unbelievable. And Grabbed two of the dogs, one remained, um, and then fled in the car. Now, okay, but they've got
0: they've got this on tape. They've got someone someone had like home
6: security camera caught it. Yeah, they've got
3: that car, and they've got a reasonable description of the assailant, right? Well, one thing that they one thing they've mentioned about one of the assailants, he was wearing a Loomis Chafee sweatshirt. I'm not (laughs) sure who that could be. It's just you know a data point for you. Um, Lady Gaga is obviously beside herself, um, and because she has means she's offered a $500,000 reward for the return of the dogs. No questions asked. So, so my understanding was that there were three dogs, one of which
0: ran away. Okay. So that, so they kidnapped two dogs. This is obviously well-planned, well thought out, well Mm -hmm. orchestrated to, you know, get extract money, which Lady Gaga is apparently willing to give. But this, this, This is domestic terror, is it not? So so if my
6: God So if the objective, which I I assumed as you did, was to like get these dogs, Koji and Gustav, and hold them ransom and get money for. But but why then would you shoot a dude in the chest? I mean that that's escalating kinda quickly. Because now you you know that's an
5: attempt at murder. and And you're probably hepped up on drugs. I mean, you're probably psyched out of your mind.
3: And I would man. think in the in the post game when they sat around in their hideout, somebody said, "You know, we really didn't want to do that, Jimmy." Yeah, I'll tell the you Dogs. When they yeah, get back exactly. To the safe house. Exactly.
6: Yeah. Oh man. Now. That, yeah. That now, how?
3: What is the
0: condition it. of the dog walker?
3: I, I have I've I've looked it up from what I can gather because this is not widely reported that that he is doing okay. That, that's sort of the phrase is being it's it does not appear to be life threatening, but he is all right. That's the report I'm getting, and obviously, okay. you know, I th- thought are with him. I mean, and and he apparently yes. has been walking these dogs for years and is a longtime friend of Lady Gaga. This is so terrify all dog walkers. No, yeah
5: a question nigel if if you know this so she's offered this reward and the way i heard it and the way it was presented was that she offered the reward to find the people who stole her dog she didn't offer the reward to find the people who shot her dog walker do you know this to be true because i really like lady gaga and i don't want to think that of her
0: that was my first reaction too. wait wait what about the guy what about the guy but nigel your opinion is is they're close friends over some long period of time and she's going to take care of him
3: Yes, uh, that's my understanding, is that they they do have a close friendship and that she will take care of him. The the only uh, script that I see about the reward is it's for the return of the dogs. No questions asked. Well, they don't have to. Okay,
0: they they don't have to return him because they know where he is. What they have to do is arrest these people and prosecute them for attempted murder. Absolutely. Let
6: me also say I'm not see the, the most recent report of his condition i can find was 13 hours ago but he was listed as critical in that time at that oh, time okay. so i want to clarify God. that since we said he's going right, to be okay. and maybe that. he's going to be okay i don't know but that but yeah just to right. clarify.
0: wow that's terrible that's just yeah. terrible yeah. that, that yeah, it's, is it's, terror it's, it's terror yeah that's it is time.
3: and and it, it absolutely I, I do want to say it does seem like they completely targeted they're like okay we know we can get something for these dogs it does not seem to be to me, a random act. It seems planned you know what? out. Yeah. What would you, a random act? Nobody yeah, would go to a random targeted. act. Right, it's this laser
0: target. They plan this out.
6: Yes. but is that but a, hit random? A, a pipe. I mean, there's two of you. Not, Why you got to be shooting? Random? That is, it's insane. All right, go ahead. What else? Is there anything else?
3: There is. Uh, Mr. Tony, now this is going to be tough to explain, um, and I don't really understand it. I know you're not going to have a firm grasp on it either, but this mm-hmm. apparently is the wave of the future with food. Now, I know you you, you read the butcher box uh, read earlier and you're thinking Butchers. wow, be gr- it'd be great if I could have the bacon whenever I wanted it. The well, strips. P- yes, with a 3D printer, they're now printing up food. How Kft- can you do that? I'm not, not quite sure. It's, it's got, made out they, of wood or cardboard it's, or paper. What do you mean? Toner and ink, I guess. Now, what KFC KFC was entering in an agreement to print out chicken nuggets in Moscow and test I'm these eating. Well, that's that's a- hang on,
6: hang on, hang on. KFC chicken nuggets in Moscow are not food. Let's, <laughs> be, let's be fair here.
3: That's sawdust. <laughs> right. But apparently yeah, it's like Muscovite sawdust. And there's an Israeli company that, within the last couple of weeks, says they've been able to print up ribeye steaks. Get now, out of here! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no,
5: I I totally believe this because some months ago there was a story about how they were using three D printers to to make parts of human organs.
3: Yes, and that's so the, the old can, that technology is, is looped into this. Yeah, that's that's yeah, where they think they the future of it will. Be. And yeah, and please,
5: there's so much chemical chem. I'm I'm assuming it's made out of chemicals or whatever, but there are so many chemicals in what we eat anyhow. This is just more proactive.
0: That well, sounds it, awful. I, I don't want to. Instead of grilling, I don't want to say I'm going to the printer for dinner. <laughs> I mean,
6: I'd rather grill.
0: So yeah, I don't want.
6: It is first and of all, make they make guns they, on those they, printers too, and, and I don't think they could have foreseen this when they named these things. However many years ago they were invented, but calling them 3D printers really like does them a disservice because I think we all hear "printer" and we just think. You know, yeah. dot matrix cranking yeah. out cranking re- out the newswire toner. That's
5: always a pain in yeah. the
4: rear. I, I mean, they I should have, have called the it. Toner,
6: they should have called it like a a three D future machine box or something. And it's something that <laughs> right. they didn't have these <laughs> preconceived notions because they use apparently they do use like meat and plant material and yeah, cells. like micro so elements. So yeah, those are like yeah. the fuel for it. You know where you would mm-hmm. use ink and paper, but it's. Man, I'm not in a rush to eat something machine made, but it okay. is. You're right, Nige. I'm totally it's the into few ch- it. I'll be the first one. But come on, chick. I mean, KFC well, yeah, you'll
0: be the first night. one because you won't be able to smell it. Yeah, you're Because You don't have a sense of smell.
3: <laughs> I won't be
0: able to smell the ink in them. In my, now, my Anything that ends in the
3: word material, you can't be eating that. You can't be eating that. Now we know what the price was for you to go grill at somebody's house. Would there be a new yeah. price for you to go print no. some steaks up with somebody? No, I'm not doing that.
6: I'm guessing KFC not in your fast no. food
0: rotation anyway, Tony. No, right? not really, yeah. not really. But I mean, I do. You know, I've I've occasionally gone to Chick Fil A and liked it very much, sure. and yeah. you know, and Popeyes and liked it very much. All right, that's good. The news was good, and, and awesome. our special news was good that Tori is healthy. That's yes. good. Yeah, we're
6: happy to hear yeah. that, Tori. Thanks,
0: Thanks, Thanks everybody. Thanks everybody. All right, we will get out of here. We will come back with email and jingle. I am Tony Kornheiser.
1: You're
3: listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show.
0: That is Ian Warrington. Am I correct? He's an emergency room doctor at Sibley? Am I that correct, is correct on that? Yes. Fantastic. He plays all the instruments. It's just wonderful. That is straight from the P&P soundtrack. Just great. Yeah. Um,
3: <laughs> Nigel, why don't you do the Bethesda bagel ad? What a great day it was. Went to Bethesda Bagels. We had the bagel sandwiches. Always a great day when we get those. Yes, you can get those too. All you got to do is uh, go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in uh, the D.C. area nearest you. Then stop on in. Grab the bagel sandwiches or bagels or whatever else they have there. Whatever you get, you will be thrilled. So that does it for us today. But before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, when
0: the sun beats down and burns the tar up on the roof and your shoes get so hot, you wish your tired feet were fireproof. Under the boardwalk, down by the sea, on a blanket with my baby is where I'll be. Those are the drifters. It is possible that is a Carol King, Jerry Goffin song. I'm not exactly sure, but I'm it sure is. it's a song from the Brill Building. Thanks to yes. our guests today, Barry's Zerluga, Gary Braun, Tori Clark. Thanks to our sponsors today, Butcher Box and Michelob Ultra Pure Gold. And remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio.com. If you get the show through iTunes, please leave us a review. Mark Feinsand wanted me to read this, and I'm happy to do so because I know how important camps are. Great speaking with you on Wednesday, though it was weird to go an entire segment without talking about camp. With that in mind, can you please give a quick mention of the passing of Fred Moskowitz? Fred was the patriarch of the Camp Westmont family, opening the place back in 1981, along with Jack Pinsky, who we lost in November. It must be a wonderful feeling to have the type of impact on thousands of lives, the way Fred and Jack did, on all who passed through the front gate in Orson, and later across the lake in Pointel. Fred, a giant of a man, both literally and figuratively, and his family still run Westmont, Through his son and my dear friend Ross, runs the show now. Fred's passing has been followed by such an outpouring of love, which is incredible to watch. Thank you for indulging me and allowing me to share the memory of a very special man. I know how that works. From Kevin Shaw in Grand Ledge, Michigan. I really enjoyed the interview with Lenny Bernstein, but I can't believe you let him go without asking him about West Side Story. (laughs) Imagine a guy who can wax poetic about pandemics and write the greatest musical ever written. Talk about information for life. Sandra Road in Nebraska, I have one word for your water usage dilemma. Simply safe, spelled S I M P L I, not Y. If I recall correctly, you already own a system currently counting mice and you know two installers. Yes, Nigel and Michael, and they could probably do that. That would be great. From Jamie Schlesinger, I happen to serve as a financial advisor and work with several municipalities that provide water and sewer services in Pennsylvania and Delaware. Not Rehoboth, though. I witnessed this exact situation many times while attending board meetings with other clients. I can provide you with some suggestions. I won't even charge a cameo fee either. I will be calling Jamie. Um, From... John Schwartz, I meant to send this about six weeks ago. It slipped my mind. Better late than never. I'm going to be in the Rehoboth area next Wednesday, the 13th, doing vigorous beach workouts with the Swedish bikini team. I know, I know. Old Milwaukee doesn't hold a candle to Michelob Light. Anyway, I kind of told the girls that I knew a place where we could shower after two-a-days. You don't mind if we (laughs) pop into the vacant beach house, do you? What am I saying? Of course you don't mind. Besides, how much water can we actually use when those girls are such ardent environmentalists? They even double up on showers. Wait a second. Ah, from Doug from Long Island. Uh, Doug Steinhurst. Sitting at my desk, I see uh, today's episode pop up on iTunes, the water bill. Reflexively, I say out loud, oh, and there's a curse word. He says, my manager jogs over. What's wrong, Doug? I tried to explain, got a lot of shaking heads. You know, so. And he says, I'm sorry the Bears didn't pick up that overrated quarterback, which must mean Carson Wentz. Would have (laughs) been fun to observe Wilbon. I think the Germans call that schadenfreude. Uh, From Wilson Everhard in St. Michael's, Maryland. I was moved by the thanks you gave for everyone who listens and cares about the show. And at the risk of being too emotional and sappish myself, I wanted to share the following. And we get these all the time about people passing and the impact the show has on the lives of, of people. The program that you have built means a tremendous amount to me for reasons that may surprise you. 18 months ago, I lost my little brother, Michael Everhart, to brain cancer at the age of 39. As I have processed my grief the last year and a half, I found that one of the things I miss most is my near daily seven-minute phone conversations with my brother. The calls had no real beginning or end. I could call him from the grocery store or in the car, and I could jump off the phone if I needed to speak to the cashier if my kids were too loud in the backseat. The calls could be short because I knew that I would pick up the phone and check in with him tomorrow or maybe the next day. My brother and I would talk about family and the way things were when we were kids. We loved going to the movies, and we're both graduates of the St. Andrews School. I know a school I believe your son Michael has come to know well, that Liz... Middletown. Yeah, Liz went there. We retold stories that we already knew. We talked baseball, we would commiserate about helping our parents navigate the internet, their cell phones, and their streaming devices. I can't call my brother now, but the show and the community you have built has made missing those phone calls a little easier, and for that I am tremendously thankful. So on the days that Bethesda bagel gets the order wrong and Carville can't find cell phone reception or you're late posting the show because your son has car trouble, calls for a ride and then gives you the wrong address, know that we, your listeners, don't mind. (laughs) We're here for all of it and we'll gladly check back in tomorrow or maybe the next day. It's just absolutely lovely. From Andrew Bracewell in Vancouver, British Columbia. Like Nigel, I wanted to get you a cameo. However, Louise Gluck's price of eternal despair seemed a bit (laughs) steep. Very funny, isn't it? It's very funny. From Jeff in Louisville, Dear Tio Tonio, that would be Uncle Tony, could you explain your contradicting frustrations of not getting the free bacon for life from Butcher Box with getting really upset when Nigel dares to deliver a free bacon bagel sandwich from Bethesda Bagels? <laughs> P.S., right. I hope you'll come back to the Kentucky Derby someday when it's safe. If Pat Forty isn't free to drive you around town, I'll be happy to. Thanks for the laughs. And from Anthony Fappiano in Simsbury, Connecticut, which is right near... Um, Bristol, Connecticut. Simsbury Open. Yeah. Do, did I hear a reference to Jonathan Swift? I know the show skews old, but come yeah. on, man. Jonathan Swift has been dead for nearly 276 years. Was Herodotus a step too far? This makes the Louis Karnasek and John Thompson sweater story seem absolutely recent. More into Thucydides. Thucydides than Herodotus. So I do one more. Let's see what we got here. I just sort of go through them and we'll see. Oh, yeah. Andy Shayner in Madison, Wisconsin. Are you still reading that email from the guy at L.L. Bean? What a gas bag. In the heated rivalry over mail-order clothing for aging men, I take the other side as my brother worked for, works for Land's End, based in Dodgeville, Wisconsin. At Land's End, they believe in two things. Brevity is a solo wit, and when you order one pair of pants, they ship you one pair of pants. Those crusty Subaru-driving Mainers at Bean can heat it. The guy from L.L. Bean was great. I'm so happy, but that's very funny. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white.
6: But I still need a bit of milk, full fat, which I've warmed in the micro-wave.